The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Sorry. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Sorry. now. Only thing that's on my mind. Hey, welcome to the Kwame Lobster Sports Talk. We are live. We got a great show coming up. Uh, Alex Clancy is in the studio. Going to talk some basketball. Uh, Roy Hibbert steps up and come back to life. Uh, it's what the Indiana Pacers needed. NFL draft. We also have some golf that's going to be played at the TPC Sawgrass. The players, whom many think that may be a fifth major, it is an honor to win any golf tournament. But when you win the players, Guys actually look at that as the fifth major. We're going to talk about, and I want to ask Alex the question, give him time to think about it. Why do you draft Jadavion Clowney the first round, first pick? Not even so much the first round, but the first pick in the first round. Or why don't you draft him? Who do you go with if you're the Houston, Texas? I know there's a lot. There's a lot with this first pick because usually in the draft, when a team is set on someone, that guy is always – the Houston Texans is on the clock. Then you have the St. Louis Rams on the clock. Most times, those guys are already signed. They're just waiting for the clock to start, and the draft moves a lot faster, a lot swifter. But with the first pick, you do have to make a major decision if you take a quarterback. But the thing is to that that you also don't have to pay these guys like you did when the um, – I mean, you will give your first-round guy at least about $25 million under the four- or five-year contract, five-year with that fifth one being an option. But when you used to have to pay first-rounders $50 million being the first pick, which you no longer have to do due to the collective bargaining agreement for rookie salary cap, how big a chance is it? I mean, you have to make the right pick. It goes a long way, at least three years of helping your team or hurting your team. Do you make that pick with a quarterback if that's what you need? Do you make that pick with a guy who's changing the defense and, and the lead in conference you play in and just Davion Clowney? Does that change the league? Before we get into some NFL, let's get into some basketball. So, Alex, you thinking about that? You think about that NFL and that first pick? Who would you take? And between the two is Johnny Manziel. I don't know why everybody say Blake Borders is he being the first or the top quarterback, but Johnny Manziel. And Jadavion Clowney is the talk for the Houston, the Houston, Texas. Indiana Pacers win last night. <clears throat> they take they don't take home field advantage. Uh, Washington came out flat. Uh, but the good thing about what Indiana Pacers did was Roy Hibbert stepped up with 28 points. He goes from hitting 28 points. I think he had about eight or nine rebounds. I'm not sure, certain of that. He goes to that from zero points, zero rebounds in a basketball game, standing seven foot two. I still think the Washington Wizards win the series. I still think um, they pull it out in, I think it goes seven-game series, but I think the Washington Wizards win it. 
it was huge for him to do that. The Indiana Pacers, uh, they announced Wednesday that Andrew Bynum, who they had on that roster, is no longer with the team. I don't know if that's a Roy Hibbert revelations that he's back after one game. But that is exactly what the Indiana Pacers needed in that game to even a series at one. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he looked like he had a pulse. And, and they fed it to him, they fed it to him, they fed it to him. Um, it, in the, in the big, bigger picture of this, they only won by four. And, and Roy Hibbert came back right. and, and had a big game. Now, this, I think, if Roy Hibbert can continue to do this, it'll open up everything else, which is pretty much why you establish your low post game because it'll open everything else. They have some guys that like to shoot the three on the team. They don't shoot it very well, but they like to shoot the three. It'll, it, it makes the flow a lot more organic, a lot better uh, from your one through five spots in your starting lineup. Um, with the, what I took away from this game the most was Paul George isn't playing well. He's not. He only took 13. He had 11 points on 13 shots. He had six points going into the fourth quarter. With 22 seconds left, they're up three. He up fakes, takes two dribbles, has a 15-footer, and passes it to Lance Stevenson at the top of the key for a 22-footer. He made it, but that's not the point. The point is if, if you are going to instill yourself as the leader of this team, you need to play like it. You can't just be running up and down the court without touching the ball. And I think that that's an issue that they're going to have to deal with later on. Trevor Rees doesn't play that good of defense to keep him to 11 points. He just doesn't. Paul George hasn't played well this whole this whole playoffs except for Game Seven when he put up 30 on the last series. And I do think that I, I'm sure we're going to talk about this at some point. I think that fishing trip to Roy Hibbert really meant something. George Hill and Paul George did what they had to do, get him out, be like, dude, listen, you're our friend, you're our teammate. We, we want you to be better. We want you to have a clear mind. And, and it looked like he did uh, in game two. You know what? Uh, George, Paul George is, is, is a superstar. I don't think he should be held to 11 points. I, don't th- I think Ariza, Trevor Ariza, is still serviceable, still good um, to be a starter in this league. But for him to be guarding Paul George and he only masked 11 points, I, I think that is not superstar quality, and this is what you want. You wanted to be a superstar. You wanted to be in that, that category of Kevin Durant, LeBron James, um, Kobe, Dwayne Wade. You wanted that, and you wanted home home court. You got all you got all those things, so now you have to make them work. I think that I absolutely believe that getting the ball down low and in basketball, if you got a big guy, the inside-out inside game is prevalent to your success when you got a dominant guy. I think the Houston Rockets should do that. But when you got guys who can shoot the three-pointer like a like a James Harden, I mean, these, these guys want to get their points. You look over into the Oklahoma City Thunder, when you got a, a Russell Westbrook to a Kevin Durant, these guys want to get their point. They want to be superstars in their own right. But I think you start down low and work that ball back outside. And it's hard to say that with an Oklahoma City Thunder team for what they have in a and of a Kevin Durant and a Russell Westbrook. You get back to Indiana Pacers where that was the main goal. That was the focus. The fishing trip was huge. I don't think, um, you know, you, you talk about a grown man in a, in a big-time profession that that has to happen to make me feel like we were friends again or I was part of this team. When the season's over, these guys go their separate ways. ways. So during the season, you come together and you have that one goal in mind. Let's win our conference. Let's let's get home court as far as we can throughout the playoffs, and let's win an NBA championship. To me, that is the goal. But to go on a fishing trip, fishing trip, I think was okay because it brought this guy back to life, and hopefully we'll see that one game doesn't 
doesn't – I mean, he hit 28 points. That's huge. He went from zero points to 28 points. That's huge. I thought the supporting guys, which he is one of them, but the guys around him, they said, we're going to get you the ball at all costs. We've got to get you back into this rhythm. And that's what you do. If you're a shooter, you're going to keep shooting until you miss. If you can get your big guy the ball down low, that helps that inside-out game, and that opens up a lot of things. And when it does open up a lot of things – Paul George, you got to hit those shots. Yeah, I mean, and this is, the, I think some of it has to be fatigue on these guys' parts. They're playing over 40 minutes a game. They played a seven-game series last series. This looks to be going to five or six or seven. Uh, Roy Hibbert, they need to keep him under 30 minutes if they want to, if they want him to be healthy for Miami, which is, they're not looking forward to, they're, they're not looking past Washington, obviously, but they need these guys to play less minutes, and it's difficult when you don't really have a bench. And Lance Stevenson and, and Paul George have played upwards of 40 minutes the whole playoffs. After the whole uh, marathon of a regular season, Lance Stevenson isn't used to being in the, in the spotlight like this. This is kind of his first year of, uh, uh, of being you know, the B player to Paul George, and they've got to be tired, and you can tell by their field goal percentage that they're not shooting as efficiently as they did in the beginning of the year. They're just not. Well, you know what? I understand the uh, fatigueness. I understand how tired they possibly could be. But there is no tomorrow when you're in the playoffs. You win it now or you can go home. And then when you're at this far, this stage in your, in your season, to even play for a, a Western Conference Championship or Eastern Conference Championship, there is no tomorrow. You have to play these 40 minutes. You are the star. Everyone works under the free agency or the numbers of who you can get and who you can pay. If they don't have a bench, they don't have a bench. These guys have to play these minutes. And I say that because there are no tomorrows for any of these teams. Even the Miami Heat, you can get rid of a team in four, four games, get rid of them. You the San Antonio Spurs, you can get rid of the Portland Trail Blazers, get rid of them. Although Portland, and we look at those, that team as, you know, they probably will win two games. But if you can get rid of a team, get rid of them because the fatigueness are, is that well, we got eight days of rest with Miami Heat. We got rid of the uh, Charlotte Bobcats. We got eight days of rest. We got a New Jersey – we got a New York uh, Nets team, Brooklyn Nets. Well, I don't know, keep getting that wrong. We got the Brooklyn Nets team that comes in under the seven game after playing the Toronto Raptors in a seven-game series. Exhausting as it, as it was, they still had to play that game. And then they got smashed because you look at the rest between the two. So if you're the Indiana Pacers and you that's – and you wanted everything you wanted this year, and you have it. It is actually right in front of them, those guys, um, barring getting past Washington Wizards. Then there are no tomorrows. you got to play right now, find a way to win those games. You have to go on fishing trips, go on a fishing trip. you got to go on a bowling trip, then go do that. That's the next thing. Who's, who's taking Roy Hibbert out this week before the next game? You have to do those things because you have to find a way to play and get another victory. Now you have to go to Washington. You have to go to D.C., and you got to win one of those games, is and I don't it, think they are. Is him getting 11-6 and six, uh, tomorrow good enough, or, or two days from now good enough? Is that because, I mean— Paul George? Th- no, 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 uh, Roy Hibbert, because he had 28-9. He had 23 points in the last six playoff games combined. So he's definitely taking a jump, but he only averages 11 points a game. Like, this is kind of out of the body of, of him. He, his career high is 29 points, so he's one point off his career high. It doesn't— it, you can't expect him to get more than eight points and ten rebounds or nine rebounds. If he can continue, if he can continue to flirt with ten rebounds and get around eight or ten points, you got to be happy with that because that's who he is. What do you mean? You can't expect him like you can't said, expect him said, to have twenty six and ten every night no, now because no, of one can't. game. Not even, the, not even, not even the big guys. Not even the Shaquille O'Neal's, the Hakeem Olajuwon. None of those guys consistently get those, but they are very serviceable to their team in other ways defensively. He has to be a serviceable to his team. I don't care if you don't hit the 28 points. You give me 15 points, 10 rebounds, 
two or three blocks or alter about five shots in that basketball game, you have done your job as a seven foot tall, seven foot two tall guy. Yeah, you have done your job. I'm not. I'm not asking you to have the to lead the the playoff series in scoring. I want you to do your job. You you there for a reason. If I gotta take you bowling so you can do that, then we going bowling. Yeah, and the luckiest person on the planet right now is Paul George because everybody's talking about Roy Hibbert. He's not a superstar <laughs> yet. Paul George is not. You these think are, that these are things eleven points and four rebounds? That's a superstar in the playoffs. Give me a break. Who me? Yeah, I'm just saying, just in general, like no, that's just I, no, not. That's what I said. I said he can't. He wanted this this platform. He wanted this stage, and he has it. I think last year he came into his own. He was the reason, part of the, a huge reason why they took the Miami Heat, the then championship team, to the seven game series. I think Paul George possibly is that superstar star. Yeah, there were no he expectations for him yet. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk some more basketball. Don't forget, we got the NFL draft. Should Jadavion Clowney be the first pick for the Houston Texans? That's the question that Alex or Johnny Manziel. Kwamala Sports Talk. We'll be right back. flagship station for sports voice america sports the job of a professional athlete is never complete in life after the game host lamar campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world you'll understand the goals motivations and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career tune in to life after the game with lamar campbell every tuesday at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific time on the voice america sports channel Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes' work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the Formula Sports Talk, 888-346-9144. Alex Classy in the studio. We're talking Indiana Pacers, more so Roy Hibbert and the Indiana Pacers. After losing at home in the first uh, game against the Washington Wizards, 102-96, they find a way to beat the Washington Wizards. By four, they had to take Roy Hibbert fishing for him to hit 28 points. I say take him bowling next game so he can hit 18, 15, 18 points, 10 rebounds, uh, three block shots, alter five five shots in that game just by your presence and being seven foot two. So if you got to take him fishing again or bowling, 
let that be what it is and get the job done. It's going to be tough against the Washington Wizards. I think also if the Washington Wizards wasn't satisfied with winning that first game, I think they would have beat them in the second game, regardless of the 28 points that Roy Hibbert hit. I think the Washington Wizards is a better team than the Indiana Pacers, a younger team. But that youngness also had them content with that first game and having a home field and thinking, well, we'll get back to D.C., we'll get back to Washington, and we'll win two on our courts. And that makes it a 3-1 series. And if that goes, if that be the case, 3-1 Washington Wizards over the Indiana Pacers, I don't mentally, I don't think the Indiana Pacers can win three games in a row or three games against the Washington Wizards, and it would be over for so, so you're already picking Washington? Yes. Yes, I'm picking Washington. So you're picking Washington. Are you picking Portland too? I like Portland, but I, it's, you can't go against them. Um, I like Portland. Portland just running into every, what, everybody, what Golden State ran into last year. You run into a San Antonio Spurs team. You look across the board, they could be beat, but it would – that's that. The San Antonio, San Antonio Spurs losing, they can be beat, but that's gonna happen in the championship game. Yeah, that's I, gonna I, mean, I think that they game. could they could win in five against Portland. I just right. Well, right. I picked that, and I picked Indiana. I, 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 like, I like Portland to win a couple of those games, so I'm thinking six, um, just because where Portland is, what they've done, and they still have. You run into everybody wants to play the champion until you lined up against the champion. You think like. So this is what everybody was talking about. This is the San Antonio Spurs team that everybody was talking about in the playoffs, not a regular season, because they found a way to get put, position themselves where they got home court advantage. This is what everybody's talking about. Everybody want to be the champion, but till you got to face that guy who or the, that team who's the champion, it's a different ball game. So I, I would like the Portland to win at least two games just for the experience of that team, their franchise, and what they've done, how far they come. Um, and I say that. The entire time I'm saying this, I'm thinking about the Phoenix Suns and what they did during regular season to those teams, and they could be right here. But as we say, they don't have a big man uh, to even get that far, to consistently get that far. Um, so, yeah, I like San Antonio in that series. I like Washington and Indiana Pacers, but I think Washington, I think Washington can't be that young. They lost a game that they played terrible uh, John Wall, those guys, they didn't play well at all, but they, they lost that game by four, which they could have won. They, When you decided to pick up the pace, it was too late. Yeah. I mean, I'm still, again, we've talked about this, that in seven games it takes away all parity, especially in later rounds. So I, I think Indiana's the better team. I think uh, singular players-wise, Washington probably has better singular players in their position, but I don't think as a team, they're pretty much newly constructed. Martian Gortat just got there. Bradley Beal's been there a year. Uh, Trevor Reza has finally started to instill himself a little bit, but you don't have the cohesive team that Indiana had during the regular season that they're slowly starting to get back, it seems like. So, I mean, I'm picking Indiana in that one also. Yeah, the, um, It's like a 5-12 matchup in the NCAA tournament. People are picking the 12 seed, but the 5 seed traditionally wins, even though one out of every year loses. Yeah, but the, uh, I think they just have too much mentally going on. I'm, I'm not talking about their, physical, their physicalness or, or the knowledge of the game. I think mentally... Their direction has took a took a turn. They've they've not on that straight road that they used to be. I don't hear them talking about we're the best better team in the East anymore. I don't hear that conversation, uh, and not that it has to be said, but not only that I don't hear it, I don't see it on the basketball court. It looked like they're trying to find themselves the Indiana Pacers, uh, but during a re- during the regular season, we say that's the we we looked at them and we saw that oh, they can go out there and beat anybody. They this going to be a good championship series. I mean, uh, Eastern Conference championship game against the Indiana Pacers and the Miami Heat. We we wanted that because of what they did and what they talked about when they set out to go do. They wanted home they wanted home court throughout the playoffs. 
and they got it. And, and, they, they, and they almost lost to a one seed. Right. They almost lost to an eight seed. Right. So. And, and, and to your point of how exhausted they're going to be when they get to the championship, if they get to the championship, if they make it past Washington, they're going to be exhausted when they go against, uh, go against the um, Miami Heat. And I'm saying Miami Heat because Miami Heat have a, has a veteran, worn-out team in the uh, Brooklyn Nets that they have to play. Well, yeah, in. and through one game of that series, they've all played, the starters have played upwards of 30 minutes and no more because they blew them all out, same with San Antonio. So they're resting, resting, resting. And I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, the Brooklyn Nets. They, they win a couple games. They win a couple games. We'll see. It, it is, it's going to be tough. Um, after Kevin Durant's emotional, passionate speech about what was going on as far as winning the NBA uh, MVP uh, in it, for the NBA, how he was brought up, how he came up, um, what made it emotional, the tribute he did, gave to his mother, the tribute he gave to his teammates, a first-class guy. We, we knew that before he even had to say any of that. Um, his team responded. They came out and they won that game at home against the Los Angeles Clippers, albeit that they have to go to L.A. and they have to win one of those games. You have to keep this series in reach and have a 2-2 coming back home. But his team responded, um, and I think he stamped, he gave Russell Westbrook a stamp of keep shooting when I've heard that speech. Great speech, well-deserved MVP that we talked about. You listen to LeBron James talk about it and say, well, he is the guy. And it was passionate about how he said it and when he said it. It wasn't even like, oh, yeah, he's, he's got it this year, but, you know, I'm still the best player. It wasn't that type of guy. Neither one of those uh, are those guys. But his team responded, and I thought he gave uh, Russell Westbrook, keep shooting, I love you. Sometimes I want to tell you stop, but keep being who you are. Uh, keep shooting. The city loves you. And I thought that Westbrook came out and was on fire. Came out, and he hit those shots that we talk about. You're going to shoot us out of the game, hit those shots that uh, that counted last night. Yeah, I mean, I mean there, there were a lot of mistakes made. Uh, and, and what I took away is in the first half, Kevin Durant was 7 of 11 for 17 points in the first quarter. Right. Okay, Russell Westbrook kind of let him do his thing. The second quarter, he played nine minutes. Kevin Durant did, took one shot. One shot, got to the line twice, made four free throws, ended with 21 points in the first half. Russell Westbrook took a bunch of shots in the second quarter. Kind of gave him, gave him his spotlight in the first quarter and then did, well, you know what, people are, okay, now it's my turn again. I'm the MVP. Kind of thing. No, well, Russell Westbrook is like, I, that's, that's just kind of... What what it's going to be like, and that's how it's going to be. He he took he he shot well from the field last night. He made a lot of shots. Um, all having said all of that, that was the best game I've ever seen Russell Westbrook play play because he played such great defense on Chris Paul early on. The two quick fouls that made it Chris Paul say we can talk about that later, but he played such good intense defense, jumping over screens, getting offensive fouls called on Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. He played a complete game last night. And that triple double, he didn't have a triple double. I don't know why that's reported. The last <laughs> assist didn't count. Didn't as, count. Didn't count. Thalbocephalosha caught the ball in the corner, took four dribbles, and laid the ball in. That's not an assist. And they took it off the board in in, in Oklahoma City. But apparently, it's gone viral that it's a triple double, which I don't. It wasn't. But I mean, he he played great defensively, and that's why I think that he played the best game that I've ever seen him play. Yeah, he came out and he came out and responded. I, I thought uh, the first game he tried to make it personal. He tried to make it a one-on-one battle when when uh, Paul uh, CP3 w- was getting off. And CP3 had that night. What's Westbrook had uh, last night? You can't make it personal, um, but I think everything happened after that after that speech. You got two guys, and I like to think Sergio Ibaka. He's had to come in. He has to play more consistent. Um, he had to stop shooting those 
long jumpers, get down low. He's a defensive presence, but he always come off the weak side to be that present. He's always off the weak side, but they have him for what he for what he does best. He plays defense. He think he's a, a Chris Paul, not Chris Paul, but a, a Bosch, shooting those long jumpers. When they figure out that third person, or maybe that third person on the Oklahoma City Thunder is their bench or the surrounding cast outside of uh, Kevin Durant and uh, Russell Westbrook, then this team might this series might go seven games. Yeah, I mean, and you look at Kendrick Perkins at eight and eight last night. Thomas Felosha had twelve points. Serge Ibaka had fourteen, somewhere around there. So when you have a supporting cast that scores, that's great. You can't just have two guys score, as you right. said. Uh, besides Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. Nobody had more than one assist from top to bottom of guys that have played. So there are issues still. You can't have two guys that are both your leading scorers, both be your facilitators as well. It doesn't seem to work that way. No, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Thunders beat the Los Angeles Clippers 112-101, and the Clippers didn't have a good game at all. The only saving grace for these guys, not the only, but one of them is they get to go back home. Having winning the game in Oklahoma, they have two games back home. Yeah, it's not to say I don't. I don't think basketball is basketball. It's good when you can be at home. Um, that's not to say that the Oklahoma City Thunder can't go in there with the lead MVP and, and a lead scoring champion. That they can't go to LA and win a game. That's that's the main goal. When you got two guys, because I look at the uh, Los Angeles Clippers team and I see more than two guys on that team. But when you look at the Oklahoma City Thunder, I see two guys. And now you're talking about a head coach in Doc Rivers. Who's going to mastermind to let one of those guys, you can get your 40 points, but the other one's not going to beat us. And unless somebody else steps up for the Oklahoma City Thunder, I think the Los Angeles Clippers find a way. DeAndre Jordan, he has to have a better game than he had. He has to definitely shoot better at the free throw line. Um, Blake Griffin, those guys, they're going to come out. Chris Paul, he's going to facilitate like he's been doing. If he's not hot, he's going to get the ball to the guy who has the hot hand. You, you got... You got the best six man of the year, two times six man of the year or winner. He's going to come off the bench and he's going to do what he's do, what he does best. And I think that Los Angeles Clippers definitely win this first game, um, and then we'll see in that third game, what the fourth game, if they can pull that out. Yeah. See, I don't. I mean, the thing with the first game from the Clippers, and I said this yesterday or two days ago, was they shot the lights out. Oklahoma City cannot be upset that they just made everything. They shot fifty five percent from the field, made a whole bunch of threes like that. That doesn't happen every day. It doesn't. Oklahoma City won last night because of intensity. They shot 50% from the field, yeah. They were 8 from 23 from 3, as opposed to the Clippers made 15 threes when they won the game 1. They shot well from the line. The Clippers did not. I think the Clippers were 5 for 12 from the free throw line. So the way that Oklahoma City won is more positive than the way the Clippers won, in my opinion, because anybody, like nobody was going to be able to beat the Clippers that night. The best team on the planet, an all-star team, wasn't going to be able to beat the Clippers that night because they were making everything. So I'm still, as, as an Oklahoma City player, I'm so confident that they can, go, they can go in as thinking they're the better team and take one, if not two, from L.A. You never know what's going to happen in the playoffs. And I, I think that, I think, on the other side of what you said, Oklahoma City will take the momentum from this game to win and beat the Clippers in game three. Yeah, they're going to have to finish this, uh, the next two games up, tied up 2-2. Uh, for and then then we got a basketball game. But if if Oklahoma goes into L.A. and they don't pull it off, the series is over. Because you're not. If they lose two games, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If they lose two games, the series yeah. is over. Because then you got three left. I, but I don't. I don't. Then I go back to Doc Rivers. I go back to he's not gonna let ten, one team beat him three times. This happened. It's happened before. 
But I don't think in this day and time with the parity around these and these guys who are in the, the Oklahoma City Thunder and the L.A. Clippers, I don't think they're just going to – I don't think any team can beat somebody three times in a row. Well, not, Indiana not this, did last not, series. Yeah, not this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're talking about uh, – Yeah, it was Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta Hawks. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get into some uh, football. Kwame Lass Sports Talk, Sports Talk, Alex Clancy. We'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes' work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back to Formula Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in the studio. <laughs> we are live. 888-346-344-946. What's the number? 888 wow. Yeah, I don't know. I, um, <laughs> no, I, I said, um, you know, I was playing. You got caught. I got no. I'm, I'm playing, <laughs> yeah, my dominoes. I'm playing my dominoes game. Uh, and Alex being nosy. I always play phone. that. Do you? Yeah, I got it on my phone. Huh? Dominoes, huh? All right. I went bowling last night, man. I had a good time. Lucky strike? No, not lucky strike. But I will. <clears throat> I do have a bowling event at Lucky Strike coming up uh, in July. I think want to say July 27th. We're gonna do that for the Kwame Lassiter Foundation. <laughs> Proceeds going here and there, but no, I was bowling last night with at the uh, Ak Chin Casino. If you've been down, there, you haven't been down there yet. Uh-uh. It was it's a little f- it's far. Yeah, I was gonna say it sounds well, like it's far. Well, it's in Mar- it's down Maricopa, so it's okay. not for me. It's twenty minutes. Yeah, but it's out, it's outside it's outside of town. But if you go down there, man, the casino it was it's it's everything. Casino, movie theater is is everything. All the other casinos are it's just in Maricopa. Uh, they've really stepped it up and do well over there. But I was doing something for the Super Bowl committee, and um, I had a good time, man. I was bowling, everybody up there. It was Hank from Tucson. I took him with me. Jake Plummer, uh, who Michael Bankston was there. 
Uh, who we have? Uh, Danny Pittman. Danny Pittman and I, we're doing something huge for the Super Bowl. So keep on the lookout for that. We'll probably do it at Whirlwind. Whirlwind is probably the place, a wild horse pass, and all the venues there. Uh, oh, man, who else was there? Frank Sanders, um, LJ Shelton. We had a lot of guys out there that was doing some stuff, but we had a good time. So take Roy Hibbert bowling. Sure. I had a good time. Let him oh, Francis it. said he wants a press pass for the Super Bowl. That's what he said. <laughs> Tell him I'll print him one out. Okay. I'll give him the same one I got. <laughs> <laughs> Man, no. All right, let's get into some football. Unless you want to, act, unless you want to tell me real quick three things. Who's going to be the Lakers coach next year? Who's going to win tonight between the Brooklyn Nets and Miami Heat? Who's going to win tonight between the Portland Trailblazers and San Antonio Spurs? Miami, San Antonio. Winners. Yeah. And uh, – I mean, why is this such a big hoorah about Steve Kerr being the coach for the Golden State Warriors? How did you fire? How did you fire the uh, the coach in Golden State? Um, how did he get fired? Because go ahead, let me front ask. office, uh, they, they, you know, bad bad communication, bad relationship. Seemingly, uh, the players loved him, yeah. so that'll be problematic for so, them re-signing Steph Curry, for them re-signing Klay Thompson potentially when the time comes up. In theory, if if you love Mark Jackson, Mark Jackson goes somewhere else. Like, Mark Jackson could be the Lakers' next head coach. He could, he could be. You know, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily, you know, I think the Knicks is probably the better spot because he played for the Knicks. He was yeah. he was a big Knicks guy right. uh, before he went to Indiana. He had that little shake when he hit them baskets. <laughs> uh, An Antoine the, Walker shake. Right. Yeah, exactly. Then Steph Curry, you know, mimicking him uh, in a couple of other so games. So Steve Kerr, he wants to stay West Coast. He's always said he wants to stay West Coast. He lives here, right? Steve Kerr, I think he lives in San Diego. San Diego, that's San Diego. right. So, and, you know, Golden State. Even though he got the vote of approval from his wife to move to New York, um, seal of whatever it was, uh, <laughs> vote of approval, yeah, vote of confidence. Uh, Golden State would would be great for Steve Kerr because he could teach that backcourt how to play basketball and not just shoot the ball all the time. So, I, I, to be the Lakers head coach, I don't know. Uh, I just hope it's not a college coach. That that's what I hope. John Calipari, Tom Izzo, Roy Williams is now coming into Calipari. Don't want he doesn't want that job. No, but he, Roy he, Williams he might a, take a pay cut. And Roy Williams was mentioned, and I don't think Roy Williams mentioned before for the Lakers job, but I don't think they want to take that pay cut. What those guys do in college is are they? Is why would you move? I, why, would, <laughs> why would you leave North Carolina or Lawrence? Why would you leave those jobs or Kentucky? Why would you leave those jobs? You that's they always seem they just seem like family based areas. And, 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 uh, and Lansing for Michigan State. Right. Like, why would you leave? Izzo's not leaving that no. place. He's the he's the mayor of that damn place. Yeah. So I, I, I it sounds good to to say these coaches are you know we we're interested in these coaches, but we never hear from those coaches. They say they're interested. Don't in. be surprised if Derek Fisher's name doesn't come into play um, after the surprised. playoffs. I'm not surprised. No, because they can't talk about it because he's still right. with still with Oklahoma City right now. But yeah. if they if they don't make it to the final, once they lose. His name will be put in the top ten. Don't list, you think 100%. the Los Angeles Lakers and Golden State, more so the Lakers, it's okay to get a college coach if that coach is Kevin Ollie or well, and, and not if it's him, but getting a college coach as they rebuild and if it works out and they rebuild successfully, you keep that coach. But if they don't, then they got through the draft and through free agency the players they want, and now you get the coach. As yeah, I but you need quotes. you need the coach, quote unquote, to get free agents. And Kevin Ollie's not the guy, even though yeah. he, he just signed an extension with Connecticut, right? And 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 that was good that his name came up as far as professionally coaching because that that's that entails that Connecticut, yeah, you can lose a guy that you know he he did win the championship and no one expect those except you, unless you're a Connecticut fan 
or booster or alumni or whatever. No one expect those guys to win that championship this year. Yeah. No one. But Hank from Tucson said he probably thought that they were going to win the championship afterwards. Connecticut? He's oh. a big UConn guy, right? No, he's a U of A guy. He's a UConn and U of A guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. You know what? <laughs> he's what whoever's winning. <laughs> Stop. He he, he's That's whoever's not true. Winning. No, okay, let's. NFL? Let's, you want me to answer the question? Can I ask it again? I, sure. Is that, is that okay? Is going to be okay with you? 100%. In the 2014 NFL draft, you to Houston, Texas. Why are you not, or why are you taking defensive end Jadavion Clowney? I'm taking Jadavion Clowney 100%. Okay. Because defense is so important now in the NFL. Uh, with all the rules that you can't touch the quarterback, you can't do all these things, offenses are going are, are gonna to produce. Look at Cleveland last year. They, they were a top 10 offense, <laughs> I believe, uh, it, with Josh Gordon helping a lot. But with defense, you need to supplant your defense as your anchor. You have to. Because uh, look at what Seattle did. They have their three top guys, Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, and, uh, and Michael of, Bennett. And a, uh, congratulations on the signing of That's Sherman. a lot of money. That's a huge, he went from 600000 to 40000000 Guaranteed $40 million. So, like, now you see a trend, and Jadavian Clowney's, they got to bring him in. Him and J.J. Watt, Brian Cushing, if he'd stay on his two feet, as we've talked about a thousand times, he tore his ACL twice in the last two years. Yeah. Yes, 100% Jadavian Clowney, no questions asked. I say Jadavian Clowney because I watch around the league what happens in, in football games that these high-power offense. I, I don't need... I would love for you to sack the quarterback every time, but I need you to put pressure on them. And I need to build my team like the like the San Francisco 49ers, the Seattle Seahawks, the Arizona Cardinals. Defensively, I'm talking the um, the old Pittsburgh Steelers, Baltimore. I need that stuff on defense. When you talk about an NFL team and, and what comes to mind first is that defense is crucial. We talk about the New Jets, we don't New York Jets, we don't talk about their offense, we talk about their defense. And, and and the conference they play in, so it is huge to build a build a a defense that can put pressure on a quarterback that can change. And it's also huge to have corners because when that pressure come, quarterbacks getting rid of the balls. They getting rid of the ball a lot. And I think here's the guy that's going to be probably rookie of the year, Odell Beckham, uh, wherever he goes. I don't know if he go to uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, wherever he goes, he's going to be rookie of the year because what they do in that slot. And it's you gotta have a guy like Terrence Matthews to control that slot guy. And there's not a lot of guys out there like the who was then the honey badger. Now uh, Matthews for the Arizona Cardinals coming off an injury, but he looks good. Right now I've seen him a week ago. But that's my rookie of the year. Now, why is there so much talk in the first round with the first pick about Houston, Texas and the Johnny Falcon, John, no, oh. Johnny Manziel? The, I don't think I think that's kinda dissipated a little bit. I mean they have <laughs> But, they, but you're skipping over Blake Borders. Yeah, because he's he's still the lesser known of the two guys, even though we, all these guys have been thrown in our face for the last two months. Right. I mean, I want to throw up. I can't wait till the draft is over tonight. Um, I'm going to enjoy it while it's happening, yeah, you but, can't, I can't, you, but I can't wait till it's over also. So we can start moving, start moving forward uh, uh, home. We'll work <laughs> that home. Um, but with Johnny Manziel, I just don't, especially in Houston's spot, I don't think they, don't, they have a good offense. They have Andre Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, Arian Foster, Andre Brown, Garrett Graham. They, they have. They lost Forte. They lost Not Forte, no, but uh, ben, Tate. Tate. ben Tate. Yeah, but they, they brought in Andre Brown from the Giants, who will be a fine backup. They have an above-average offense in this day and age's uh, NFL. Who's quarterbacking for? I mean, Case Keenum is, is who they have right now. I said I was telling uh, Jake and I was having this conversation. I'm like, they, my shop goes to Oakland. 
I say Keenum last year did a good job. He did a good job coming in under different circumstances because they was terrible. Yep. And then they had to fire uh, Wade Phillips. I don't know why or how you fire that guy, but he Wade been telling them take a quarterback, but he was saying take Johnny Manziel. I thought Keenum did a good job considering because the circumstances was different. He came in under there was no pressure for him, uh-huh. but he showed what it could be like. Yeah, I mean he resurrected Andre Johnson's career. What's, like he, what did you just say? Andre Johnson had an awful year he last year. Did not resurrect his career. Yes, he did. Andre Johnson resurrect hasn't been Andre Johnson's career. No. What do you mean? He hasn't been relevant for the past two years before last year. So you saying Keenan did that? I'm saying he had somebody to throw him the ball. So well, yeah, uh, he my, threw the ball 50 times a game. Yeah, all the Matt numbers Schaub are going to just shook. My Shaw was when we were, when we talked about Matt Shaw. I think for five weeks or six weeks, he was throwing interceptions for touchdowns. Yeah. I'm like, I think it was the first four weeks last year. Yeah, I'm like, how But Case how Keenum played possible? the game last year like a video game. He was just throwing the ball in the air and That's, hoping it came down with it. So you don't need another video guy and Johnny Manziel because he's a video game. I'm, I didn't even think that they would take him for a second. I, I don't think that that would be a good well, idea for a second. Right, it was a talk. And I say, I think Houston, the only way they will get rid of or not take Jadavion Clowney or Jadavion, how he pronounced his name, Clowney, is if they can get that RG3 deal. Right. But still, right. Well, Atlanta would be the one to give it to them. Right, but it still set, don't you think it still set Houston back a little bit? I mean, you got J.J. Watts on the other side, but you put a, a Jadavion on the, you, now you're talking about, now we're looking at a, a Seattle Seahawks defense, probably, possibly, because they do have a good secondary over there. We're looking at this, these defenses that shuts down, or, not, or that contains, I should say, New England Patriots, Denver Broncos. It contains these type of teams. Indian, Indianapolis's offense got better. Their defense needs to get better right. if they want to win the division. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Because we, before last year, we thought the Houston Texans was going to be that the leading uh, conference uh, go-getter. And then they went, what, 3-13? and 2-14. and 2-14 and 14, with all that talent. And then Kanan resurrect. Uh, so what, what do you, he did. <laughs> Look at the numbers from two years ago and three years ago and last year. Uh, and okay, what you, what do I think about what? What do you think? Where do you think Johnny Manziel is going to go? If you say the Dallas Cowboys, I'm throwing them. I'm throwing this down. Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Who? Where do you think he's going to go? I think he's going to go. Man. I think it would be a mistake if Cleveland took him because it's cold weather. I he doesn't play in cold weather. Here's what's going to happen. Somebody's going to have to. I don't know how you trade up to get him because of where Clowney and, and Greg Robinson probably go. I, I think um, Jacksonville Jaguars. You think so? He's already said he doesn't want to play there. Yeah, he. Well, so we're gonna have an so issue right away. He's uh, we have he's an Eli issue. Manning. Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> yeah, he's Eli Manning. And I and, and can kids do this? I mean, I don't. Yes. They, I, well, obviously, because Eli did it. Eli did it, but it worked out for Eli. Eli wasn't even that good. He wasn't that good at all <laughs> out of Ole Miss. He wasn't that good, but he said his son, his dad, who. Probably had a pulse on what's going on around the league. Like my son is not going to benefit going there. So it was all personal. It was all for his own his own vested interest. Sure. Johnny Manziel said he's don't want he don't want to go to Jack Jacksonville Jaguars. He's already coming to league with problems and issues. Eli didn't. He didn't come into well. Eli did this in college. Did that in college. But that doesn't mean that somebody else isn't going to take him. Well, like let's, the, let's, the, let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll finish that. We'll take a quick break. We'll come right back and we'll finish this uh, NFL draft. Don't forget the PGA. TPC Sawgrass is going on right now, the Players' Championship. We'll be right back.
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back to Formula Sports Talk. Last segment, 888-346-9144. Got the number right, Alex. Alex Clancy at Clancy Corner. Yeah, boy. Got it. At Kwame this is all Twitter stuff. If you don't have anything to say, please don't reach out to me. You can call Alex and reach out to Alex anytime. We're talking NFL draft. Uh, Jadavion or Jadavion Clowney, uh, defensive end of South Carolina, first round pick, first pick in the first round of the 2014 NFL draft, which is happening tonight. I'm going to be, where am I going to be watching this? I think a bar. I got to play golf at 4 o'clock, man. I really don't want to. And I apologize, golf guards, for saying that. But <laughs> I run with the, uh, first pick, Johnny Manziel. I say Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, but I do like, um, and, and we talked, conversation before we went off the air, before we went off to a commercial or break, that the Jacksonville, he doesn't want to go to Jacksonville. He's coming in with those issues of his leadership or could he be a leader in the NFL, what he did, which I – Applaud him because it set the standard for a whole lot of things, which I applaud him. Um, what he did in college, he was a kid, he is a kid, still a young guy. You're gonna make those mistakes now. He's gonna have to be held accountable for those if he's gonna be the face of a franchise. He's already saying, in uh, Eli terms, I'm not going to this team if they draft me. What are you gonna make of that? What do you if he don't get drafted, then if it's Jacksonville, well, Jacksonville can play the smart business move. Draft him. He's not coming. Sign and trade him or trade him. And then they can get some things for him because there's other teams that want him. Cleveland, uh, Minnesota. He can go to end up in Minnesota. He probably could end up. Uh, the Raiders. The, yeah, he could end up in, uh, in Oakland. But I just don't see there's as a fit. You know? I see, no, I, I don't see him as a fit anywhere. <laughs> you know, because there's and, not a fit for him. And the crazy part about the thing is you try to make a wild card out of him, and he is the wild card, or that wild cat. He is the wild card. Why would you flex him out unless you're going to hike the ball and throw it to him and let him oh, he get his, He get chewed up. Yeah. But in the NFL, you got linebackers running faster than him. Mm-hmm. These linebackers, the top on these top teams, these middle, line, middle linebackers 
and a weak side linebackers run faster than him. Yeah, and we saw RG3 have this issue too because RG3's faster than Johnny Menzel, I believe. Well, I mean, I think that quickness-wise, Johnny Menzel can cut better, but RG3 is just, he's just fast. And you saw he got injured. He People would catch up to him all of the time. So if RG3 can't do it, then Russell, I mean, then... uh. Uh-huh then Johnny Manziel might have an issue as well. I don't understand why quarterbacks, and I'm, and I'm saying that thinking of Johnny Manziel, when he's out in the open and he's running, he's still holding the ball with one hand. Mm-hmm. You've already run, you can't pass the ball. Why don't you tuck <laughs> it and run? You will run faster. You run faster that way, but I, I never understood so, that. So if you have to pick, where do you think he's going to go? Do you think Atlanta's going to trade up and to, get, well, no, they get Jadavion Clowney. Do you think uh, a team would trade up to get him? Or do you think he's just going to go? He goes. He going to go where... He's going to go whatever that slot is open, and you don't want to pass on that guy. Now, you're talking about a – let me say this to that. You got Johnny Manziel sitting there, and you got Blake Borders sitting there. Blake Borders wish he could move like Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel wish he was 6'4", 6'5". But these guys both make the best of what they have. Not as, Borders is not as – um, shifty as a man, but he can move still. Yeah, he can still move as a quarterback, and we say the same thing about um, the quarterback in um, oh, I can't think of his name. Um, Indiana, Indianapolis. We say the same thing Andrew about Luck. Andrew Luck. We say the same thing about Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck can actually move, and that's just I don't need you to sprint down the field. And when we did see him go down the field, he was actually running. He was moving. He was getting away from people. Yeah. But all I need you to do is step, take a step up or take a step back, buy yourself some time, and make a good throw down fear. That's what I want you to do. I'm not asking. I don't want my, my, my two tackles and my guards covering forever, uh, defending forever, blocking forever. That makes for a long game, and that makes things in the fourth quarter a lot difficult for your quarterback. So you got Blake Borders there. You got Johnny Manziel. Both of these guys have a skill set that's different from each other. The question is, can Johnny Manziel make all those throws? But he, when he make them, he's making them out of scramble situations. He make them, he make them out of the busted plays that he busted, that he come out of the pocket and spin out of the pocket like Tony Romo does. Anytime Tony Romo scrambles, he scrambles to his left. Everybody knows that, and he's still doing it. But then he makes these great throws on a, on a run. That's good if you're changing your, your whole offense for him. I think Johnny Manziel would be very, very, very successful and the Philadelphia Eagles offense. Think so? I, I think so. But I wouldn't draft him in the first round. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of people are saying, oh, he's not going to go in the top 15 now. He's not going to do all these things. We have no idea what's going to happen. And we just kind of got to figure out, like, well, and it'll be easier for people drafting that want to draft Johnny Manzo when they see some people getting taken off the, off the board. If Khalil Mack goes to Jacksonville, like they should take, if uh, – you know, Greg Robinson or even Sammy Watkins goes to St. Louis. Uh, they need a number one receiver in St. Louis, um, and and I think that he's. I think Jeff Fisher went there. Jeff Fisher went there for the front office and for Sam Bradford. So they're not going to draft Johnny Manziel too. No, no, I don't think. If anything else, which I don't think they should do, because they gave up RG three for this second pick. They have the two and the thirteen. I think. Is that right? The Rams. Yeah. Yes. They have the two and the thirteen. So, they may. Do you think they trade down? To get another second round pick, a first round pick, and another second round pick instead of drafting it too, I wouldn't mind if I was uh, St. Louis Rams because they're they're in the best position I'm right now. I'm keeping that first that number two pick. I'm getting um, the tackle, uh, tackle Greg Robinson. Greg Robinson. I'm getting that guy. I'm taking him. But with that second one that I have at thirteen, let me see if I can get some more for that. Let me see if I can get a. A later first round and a second round, or two second round, two high second round picks. 
because the um, they do have this number two pick in draft, and they have the number thirteen pick in draft. Mm-hmm. Those are huge numbers for that for that for what happened with Nar G three. Do you think that Arizona has any idea about moving up? To get who? I think Arizona Cardinals are fine, and and if Blake Board is there, you better snatch him up quick. You think so? You think Derek Carr is the the wrong choice? What? I don't. Actually, I think he's a fine choice. I think he can come in, wait about a year and a half or two, maybe two, if Palmer's not on his A game. And at that quarterback position, you have to be on your A game for what to happen or what's going to take place with this Arizona Cardinals team in this conference. Because we're talking about San Francisco 49ers. We're talking about a 10-6 and six Arizona Cardinals team. Don't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the Seattle Seahawks and its division who wins the Super Bowl. And we're also talking about the St. Louis Rams. St. Louis, St. Louis Rams didn't play bad last no. year. They came back to life. So th- my question, and, though, is do you think that they should just go, instead of a quarterback, go Justin Gilbert, go the kid from uh, from Michigan State, and lock down that defense? You have Patrick Peterson. If Justin Gilbert works out, or the kid from Michigan State, Teron Matthews is safety, you have your future. You have the best secondary, potentially, for the next 10 years in the NFL. I don't have a problem with getting him out of Oklahoma State. I don't have a problem with getting that guy who, you, no. I mean, you when you say his name and, and why you saying his name, I don't have a problem with the Arizona Cardinals taking that guy, solidifying their defense. Because, I mean, now they need a safety. but They, they have to keep up. Yeah. He's a cornerback, but the Arizona Cardinals need a safety on that team. They need somebody who's just going to just run the show. or that, They need that Earl Thomas. They need that guy who's going to put fear or mm-hmm. who was that guy that they need that. You come in the box, you come around here, I'm knocking you out. They need that Adrian Wilson. Yeah. I mean, Ed Reed, Bob Wilson. Ed, yeah. Uh, Bob Sanders. They Bob, have, Sa- Bob, Bob but, Sanders yeah, stayed so much. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, so did Ed Reed. When you play like that, it's tough to stay healthy. And that was the beauty of Adrian Wilson was yeah. that he, he played, understood. But he played hurt, too. Yeah. Adrian played hurt, and he he still gave us a good game or a good did well at that position. But you need that guy. So, Yeah. I just don't want Blake Bortles to be, oh, let's draft him. His numbers weren't fantastic in college. Like, they weren't through the moon amazing. Derek Carr had had better numbers, and he just looked more NFL-ready than Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles is like a better Roethlisberger. He's not going to do anything perfectly well, but he's just going to get it done. He's going to get it done. And that's what, but that's exactly what you want from your quarterback. Yeah. I don't need you to be flat. I don't need that. I don't need the lights on you, the Hollywood. I just need you to get it done. And that's, that's uh, Ben Roethlisberger. And I hope they get, they draft Kadeem Carey. you know, you say, um, you know, we talked about these quarterbacks, but next year there's some good quarterbacks coming out. Mm-hmm. They, so do, do they need to take one this year? Not if uh, they, depending on what they feel. I mean, well, you want to get one and put them in the system right now. If you can, if you can get a boilers or a car, you put them in the system right now, which would be great. But I don't think you need to get one this year. Yeah, well, Drew Stanton, is, is the, Drew Stanton, is that his name, the backup? Yeah. If Carson Palmer gets hurt, they're in trouble. They're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. Arizona can't be fine. We got to get out of here. Alex Clancy will be hosting the show. I'll be calling in. Uh, Kwame Lassie Sports Talk at Clancy. <laughs> you got a one time today. It's yeah, good. Let me just leave it alone. <laughs> right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lassiter Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. <laughs>